Hey, everybody, welcome to The Temple Tea. This is a podcast for all lovers of theater and those who love the Temple Theater. We're located right in the heart of downtown Stanford, North Carolina. We are super excited to be launching this brand new platform um, for the podcast, The Temple Tea. And y'all, the tea is piping hot. Today, I have an incredible privilege. I'm bringing you an interview with our producing artistic director, Peggy Taphorn. She is the lifeblood of this theater, and I can't wait for you guys to hear more of her story. Um, she's in her 15th season as the producing artistic director of the Temple Theater. She is an award-winning actress, director, choreographer, laundress, I mean, seamstress, wig designer. She does it all, and she is incredible. Um, she spent 22 years based out of New York City, and she has six Broadway shows to her credit. She was on national tour of Sweet Charity with Molly Ringwald. I mean, she has just done it all. And so I can't wait for you guys to hear the incredible stories that she's going to tell. She's going to give a little bit of the history of the Temple Theater, why we're starting this podcast, and what is to come for Temple. I'm super excited. Just want to give you guys a quick heads up. We realized in the editing of this podcast that there were some technical difficulties with our recording equipment that weren't caught until it was too late. So we apologize in advance. You might hear some clips that there's some clipping or the speech is cut out a little bit. We apologize. We're definitely um, new to the podcast game. So just know that we're super excited that you're here and let's dive into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Temple Tea. This is our first, our very first podcast. We are so excited that you're here. It's going to be so much fun. I am your host, Raven Pantoja. I'm the marketing director here at Temple Theater in downtown Sanford. And I am here with the fabulous. Peggy Tatporn. She is our producing artistic director. She has been on Broadway. She's been here at the Temple for 15 years. Um, got to Temple in 2007, but we are going to be interviewing her. We're going to get to hear all of the amazing tea. Hopefully we'll hear. I heard a piece of tea from you yesterday at lunch <laughs> about a certain uh, dancer <laughs> that she may or may not have dated we might previously. Have to, we might have to wait for the second episode. <laughs> I don't think they're ready for that. that. Welcome to the podcast, Peggy. We are so excited that you are here. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have you on board. Um, you are one of our success stories here. And to be also starting something new, a new way to talk about the temple, a new way to get people engaged. Mm -hmm. As you said, I've been here for 15 years, but I feel like every year it's a new beginning, especially now coming out of the pandemic. Right. I think we're rethinking and we're reimagining and we're all moving forward. And I think this is gonna be great fun for us. I think so too. Um, so let's go over a little bit of your history, how you got started. Sure. Well, I'll give you my history in a nutshell. I am the fourth to five kids. I was born in Belleville, Illinois, which is sort of a suburb of St. Louis, so Southern Illinois. And my older sister wanted to start taking dance classes. And my mom, being a smart mom, with all those kids running around <laughs> the house, uh, you know, said, if I'm taking one of you, I'm taking all of you. So you I started go. taking dance at a very young age. And then I started teaching dance. My sister spun off from our local Becky Kern's dance studio. And Becky Kern is still teaching tap. Wow. And when I go home, my sister and I will go and take her adult tap class. So I it's really that. cool. It's, it's awesome. really Full kind circle. of a circle of life yeah. thing. But my sister spun off and started their own dance studio in a neighboring town. Um, 
and I was one of their teachers. So I started teaching dance very early. I was teaching a couple's dancing to adults. So oh, I don't wow. know what they thought, but I thought it was a hoot. <laughs> um, you know, doing the electric slide, yeah. the hustle, the bus oh, stop, all, the, all good the good stuff. All yeah, good back stuff. in the day. Um, so I had a real passion for teaching. and But I thought that I was going to be a lawyer. That's what I just, I don't know why I had that in my head. I don't come from a family of lawyers. Mm -hmm. My dad owned an appliance dealership and my mom was the mother to five kids. My senior year, Sister Loretta, who was a wonderful teacher and she was our choir director at, in high school, um, retired. And so we got a lay person, Mrs. Bringer, who basically, you know, I need to send her a message on Instagram, tell her how much I appreciate her gentle nudge in the right direction. Um, she saw something in me, some potential. I didn't grow up doing theater. Like mm -hmm. I said, I danced. My dad at times off and on sang in the church choir and we all, we had a player piano. We had a piano mm -hmm. in the house. I'm the only kid who doesn't know how to play the piano, which is a bit <laughs> dumb considering my life choices. Right. But I didn't. Um, so we had music around, but we're not a theater family. Right. Didn't go to theater. Didn't grow up going to theater. Um, so here we are, my senior year of high school, and Mrs. Springer is taking some kids to Webster University, which was in St. Louis. It was called Webster College back then. So I decided, just really for the heck of it, to go over with her and did the auditions. And <laughs> funny story number two. So we're doing South Pacific in my high school, uh -huh. and I was playing Nellie Forbush again, my senior year. And you had to do a dance audition, which I was pretty comfortable right. doing. You had to do a singing audition, which I don't know why, but for some reason I was comfortable doing. <laughs> what I wasn't so comfortable at doing because I had no experience was doing monologues. Right. So you had to do a classic or something with altered speech monologue, and you had to do a, a more contemporary, you know, regular speech monologue for this audition. So I was in debate, which was really nothing back then, but I had learned an Irish little monologue so mm -hmm. i did that as my altered speech and then i put together the words of nelly forbush's speech when she thinks emile de beck is gone and might be dead you know don't die emile what a pinhead i was what piffle said <laughs> it straight very dramatic and then i still had to fill up more time so then i recited the lyrics to some enchanted evening. oh wow that was such an avant-garde idea that this young girl would come in and have the nerve to do something like that that yes. classic and just recite lyrics i was like no i just didn't know any more words <laughs> i was just a little inexperienced exactly. <laughs> yeah. but it's that kind of just not knowing mm -hmm. that i can't do something right that has really served me well my whole life and then from webster i moved to new york and i was one of the very lucky ones who did get to have a career on broadway i got to travel the world um do showboat on London's West End for a year. Literally, you know, things this small town girl should not have been able to see and experience. Mm -hmm. And it's really just because I took every job that was ever offered, whether it was the lead or whether it was, you know, standing third from the left in the back row. Being a tree. Being a you tree, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Holding a gun, you know, whatever. Uh, so because I knew that, A, I'm curious and you can always learn something. Right. Even if your experience with a job is, I never want to do that, that's a good lesson to right. learn, you know? And so I think that being open-minded and not knowing that I couldn't right. has really served me well. And I was touring with a Sweet Charity starring Molly Ringwald. Mm -hmm. And this was in 2006, 2007. 
and wasn't having the best time. And a friend of mine who was teaching at School of the Arts at the time, Benny Ambush, called me on the road and said, hey, uh, there's this small theater, but it's beautiful in Sanford, North Carolina. And they just interviewed me. He's like, I don't think it's a job for me, but I think it's a great job for you because they do mostly musicals. Mm -hmm. It's a small town. You grew up in a small town, but there are a lot of relocated Yankees that right. happen to be from New York, New Jersey, mm -hmm. or the Midwest, which is where I'm from. So it just sounded like it might be a good fit. I had a great career in New York. I owned my condo in New York. Mm -hmm. I had no reason to leave New York. Right. It was going well. But the tour was in Greenville, South Carolina, and I'm a little geographically challenged. <laughs> so I was like, huh, South Carolina, North Carolina, how far can it be? <laughs> well, it's five hours. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's a little bit. But I rented a car. I drove to Sanford and saw the Temple Theater. And, you know, we have done a lot of work on her mm -hmm. since, but even then, it just has such a great, welcoming, creative vibe when you walk in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it almost has its own smell. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. It really does. And it just hit me. I walked around town, which again has changed tremendously in the last 15 years, but I, I saw the potential. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like that boyfriend that, that you have that you're like, I see I it. Can fix I it. see it. Yeah, I can, fix it. I can I can make this work. I can. Yeah, I can fix this. <laughs> so I went back on tour and a couple of days later, the board called me and asked me for a second interview. Rented another car from Baltimore, drove back to Sanford. And that night, the Heart of Carolina Jazz Orchestra was playing on the Temple stage. Mm -hmm. They took me to the best restaurant in town, which was Bella, right down oh, the yeah. street from the so Temple. Good. So good. So they wined and dined me. We saw the concert. It was fantastic. The place was packed. One of the board members then took me to her house and talked into the wee hours of the morning. And then and there, they offered me the job. Oh, wow. And then and there, I took the job. <laughs> Again, because nobody told me I couldn't. So I drive back to Baltimore the next day and I called the company manager who is my friend Denny. He was the company manager of that tour and I called and said, I'm giving my two week notice, I quit. Uh, no, you didn't. I was like, no, I, I'm quitting. I'm gonna try to run this theater in North Carolina. He, again, didn't believe it. But I did. I went back to New York after two weeks and I bought a car because I didn't have a car. Mm -hmm. I loaded up what would fit in that car and drove down to North Carolina. I didn't know so. Literally had spent my whole adult life in, in and around New York City. Right. Um, I knew really nothing about North Carolina. And uh, when I walked in, it, uh, it wasn't that night of Heart of Carolina Jazz <laughs> Orchestra every day. Um, so there was a lot of work to be done and there were challenges that were met and there are challenges where I made mistakes, but it has been the hardest job. And because of people like you, that I have seen the temple make such an impact on their life, mm -hmm. the most important job of my life. And one of the big reasons I took this job was because yes, in New York, I had a great career. I was making a lot of money. Um, but you don't really have any community. Right. Or friends, the people that you see all the time, once the show closes, those friends are now your competition right. for the next job, you know, and it's, it's, you have to do a lot of work on the inside to make yourself stay positive and be able to be happy for your friends when they get the job that you wanted right. and to be happy for yourself when you get the job that they wanted. So you have to do a lot of work and figure out why you're doing this. It can't be for selfish reasons. It can't be for money. Mm -hmm. It can't be for fame. And what I came back to was that 
I had gotten so much out of this business and it was time to give it back. Yeah. And that this theater in this town needed me and I needed it. I needed a sense of community. I wanted a sense of belonging. I wanted to feel like my passion and my creativity was used to make somebody else's life better. So that's how I got here. And uh, I thought that I would stay about five years and then move back to New York or move on to a bigger place or whatever. Um, but I really had no plan. <laughs> <laughs> and after three years, I sold my place back in New York and bought a house here and have lived happily ever after. Yeah, that is incredible. I, this is the first time I've actually heard your story, your condensed version <laughs> of your story. But um, I think one of the things that I can always tell has marked you, not just as a mentor figure in my life, but as a person to look up to in this industry is you are someone who is radiantly positive. You are someone who champions other people and to meet their their full potential or even part of their potential. I think that's one of the cool things having you as our producing artistic director is you can make something incredible out of absolutely nothing. Yes. Um, and so I, I love the fact that nothing goes to waste. I mean, even, you know, we're talking about wanting to do Mamma Mia for how many years in a row now? <laughs> Four. <laughs> and maybe that day will come. But yeah, <laughs> but Lee West, I, that day will come. I promise you, we someday promise. we'll get the rights at the same time that we can actually exactly. do the show. Exactly. But I think the thing that I love is that it. I mean, just as we're you know going through the warehouse and looking at things, you're like, we can repurpose this. We can use this, and and nothing goes to waste. And I think that's one of the things that has made your time here at Temple so successful is that you you pick the best people. You can see the best in people, like even when they can't see themselves. I mean, when I started, I was what eleven. Mm -hmm. Maybe 11 years old, and I'd never. And done I a have production. the picture, so you have to be nice to me <laughs> oh, for the rest gosh. of your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. But I mean, I had, didn't, I was like you, it didn't come from a, a theater family. No, absolutely nobody in my family can sing or dance or play instruments or anything. And so, you know, and being from Sanford, I had never even heard of the Temple Theater. I mean, and I lived here my whole life. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of it. And so being invited to come and be a part of a conservatory. And I think it was literally the year that you got here. And I had no idea what I was in store for. But it, it's one of Neither those did I. <laughs> <laughs> you come in and you fall in love with the Temple Theater. You, you, I mean, you, it's like you said, there's a smell. I remember the day I got hired and we walked through and did a tour. I, I have a picture in my phone. <laughs> and I took a picture and I'm beaming and it's the light that we leave on for the ghost. You know, mm -hmm. we'll get to that in another podcast. That's a whole <laughs> different thing. But it was in that light. There was hardly any light and I'm sitting there beaming and I was like, oh, this is what, I mean, th there's magic in this place. It's the history here that you just can't find. Um, the theater was built as a theater. Right. It was built as a vaudeville theater in 1925. Mm -hmm. And it's that original tin ceiling yep. and the original mosaic tile that's in the lobby that, that people just, it just radiates yeah. um, history. And if you think about all the people that have passed through the temple doors since 1925, right. how the world has changed, how theater has changed, how the temple has changed. One of the cool things too is those little artifacts that we have been able to keep and refurbish. And one of the neat things is the balcony rail from literally almost a hundred years now yeah. of people leaning on the balcony rail yeah. and with their elbows, it's got grooves in it. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of history you can't buy. You right. can't fabricate that. And it's real and you feel it. Right. It's visceral when you walk in. And the acoustics are perfect oh, yeah. because it was built before they had sound systems. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so before we installed the hearing loop, we didn't even use microphones for place. Now we only use them so people with hearing aids uh, or cochlear devices can tune into it and hear the show. Right. But you wouldn't have to, because if you could stand on stage and speak in a normal speaking voice, you could hear it mm -hmm. in the back row of the balcony. Yeah. You can't buy that. No. Um, there's no acoustic sound company on the planet that can give you that. No. So that's why I fell in love with it. Again, it started out as a vaudeville house and all the acts from New York would stop at the Temple Theater in little old Sanford on their way down to Florida. And then it turned into a burlesque house. Ooh. So I'm excited since our centennial's coming up, we have uh, some students working on the history of the temple and right. uncovering all these artifacts and articles. And I can't wait till we get that all assembled for everybody. Mm -hmm. Then after that, during both world wars, it was a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And it's my understanding that they would show movies 24 hours a day. And again, the train has been an integral part of the temple from the beginning. Well, and Sanford in general, because I yeah, mean, used Sanford to be in the, general, that's, the largest brick company that's right. in the world, which is crazy, brick capital. Right. Yeah. So the soldiers would come on the train from Fort Bragg, mm -hmm. come to Sanford, try to hook up with the sassy Sanford gal. Sanford, we need to start a group, the sassy Sanford gals. <laughs> that would be great. You think they'd go for that at Kiwanis? Sassy Sanford singles. <laughs> oh, yeah. there you go. There you go. I bet they, yeah, they might. I bet they would. Yeah. <laughs> so they would come, the soldiers would come, and the, the Sanfordites would come mm -hmm. uh, to see a movie. There was also a movie theater across the street, and you had to choose because the the temple had air conditioning but no bathrooms oh wow and the san lee across the street had bathrooms but no air conditioning oh, so choose no. wisely <laughs> and when i got here honestly bathrooms were the biggest challenge yes other than many other things but right. that was one of the biggest hurdles that uh we had to jump in the past 15 years but it was a thriving movie theater for decades and then in the 1960s you know the world changed right and a lot of the businesses downtown were were starting the move and then in the 70s it really happened when the malls were being built right um and all the commerce moved you know outside of downtowns so in the 70s the temple became a men's clothing store a furniture store several other incarnations and then it fell into disrepair because uh it was closed up for several years so in the early 80s the city and some concerned Lee County citizens decided they either had to knock it down before it fell down or fix it. Mm -hmm. And luckily for all of us, they yeah. decided to fix it. So they got a big grant from the North Carolina legislature and the RJ Reynolds foundation, and they restored the temple uh, in the early to mid eighties. And, you know, it has been doing theater again ever mm -hmm. since. So there were only, you know, about 12 years in there at the most where it wasn't a theater of some sort. And right. I think that's that's the cool vibe you get. When mm -hmm. you think of all the people, you know, like you said, there's still some people who've lived in Sanford their whole life who've never been to the Temple Theater. Right. But I will have random people stop me on the street and say, I came to the Temple when I was in fifth grade for one of your, you know, Mike Wiley mm -hmm. shows. It's it's just odd how it weaves in and out of, of everybody here's lives, whether they attend or not. Right. Um, the Temple these days is a huge draw for downtown. You know, mm -hmm. I call it the heartbeat of downtown economically and creatively and culturally uh, because our restaurants rely so heavily oh, yeah. on our patrons. You know, during the pandemic, I would get calls from local restaurants when you can open back up right? because they were struggling just like we were. 
and hopefully now we're we're on the forward trajectory and we can put all that behind us. But mm -hmm. the temple has such a great history. It's incredible because, you know, being a founding member of the Temple Teens, you brought the Temple Teens here. So yeah. tell tell everyone a little bit about the Temple Teens if they haven't heard. Oh, sure. Spill the tea. I will, because honestly, to this day, that is the best thing I've ever done in my life. I will have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like most things in my life, I just woke up one day and went, where are all the kids? Right. You know, where everybody at? <laughs> uh, we Temple didn't have a big financial base at that time. We didn't have a lot of resources. What we didn't have were kids. What a better way to get people involved because dancing and having something of my own coming from a big family as a kid meant a lot to me. So yeah. I thought there, there have to be kids around here who want this opportunity. And so it just hit me. I thought that's what we're going to do. And I thought, but we'll make it guys, you know, boys and girls, uh, but they have to be teenagers so that it's something little kids can look forward to. Right. And they have to be good. So it was an audition only, mm -hmm. still is. And honestly, they, they are our best advertising. They are the best representatives of the temple. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you're an original member. Mm -hmm. So you know. OG gang. What we <laughs> T squared. They don't even call them that anymore. I, I thought know. we were so cool. I did too. It's like, I'm, I'm a, I can't. I have Temple Teens. And they're like, what's Temple Teens? And I was like, you wouldn't know. You know, but it, it felt like you're part of this elite group. And for right. those that and have you never. you are part of an elite Right. If you've never seen the Temple Teens, the Temple Teens is a group of teenagers that are representatives of the Temple Theater. They go out and perform shows or songs from the season that's currently on stage they even have a christmas show mm -hmm. uh, a valentine's a valentine's show. show i mean and they perform all over i mean during the pandemic they were the only group that were performing for anything yeah. at all um in sanford and so it's just an incredible way and we offer them free of charge of course we will take a donation absolutely <laughs> checks but we want Temple theater we want anybody who wants the teens to perform because yeah. they love it mm -hmm. Give us a call. They will be there. Well, it's a great opportunity for those teenagers because it's not just about learning a song or learning a dance or whatever, but you, they, they actually have scripting now, mm -hmm. from what I understand, scripting to where you're learning to introduce shows, which is an invaluable skill. I mean, you have to learn how to introduce yourself and you have to learn how, um, you know, to introduce a show, but they're also being able to go out into the community and meet all of these incredible representatives, which right. I think is just that that's the thing that I love about this organization is you're teaching people to be well-rounded, good community members. Right. Um, because and most of the people that we touch, whether they're young people or at any age, they're not going to do this for a living. Right. You know, this, this might Unless be. Unless you're crazy. Like this, we yeah, exactly. <laughs> this might be a nice hobby. Yeah. It might be something you pursue later in your life. Once you've had your kids and had your career and decide you're, you know, want something else. Mm -hmm. But for most people, I'm trying to make good community members who love the arts yep. and who will come back to the temple and see all of our shows because it meant so much to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, okay. We're close to our centennial. That's right. So our centennial is 2024, 2025. So we are so close to our centennial. What exciting things are coming up at the Temple Theater that are putting us in that forward-thinking trajectory? Sure. Well, the pandemic gave everybody a chance to regroup and rethink. And one of the big things that I think we looked at was what makes your heart sing? Um, you know, I've been doing this now for 15 years and have sort of come up with a formula for our season of shows that mm -hmm. seems to work. Well, the pandemic squashed all that so now we're having to rethink 
what we do and why we do and where we want to be in the future. And I think where our passion lies is in the youth programs. Yep. I don't know this for sure. You know, we're, we're going to try it out. Uh, but I think we're going to put a lot more emphasis on what we do with young people because I think we have the skills, we have the leadership. We're doing a huge black box renovation, which is going to turn into three brand new huge studios because we literally don't have space. Right. Um, you know, this week we have church basement ladies still performing on stage. We have always Patsy Klein in rehearsal and we have academy classes every day mm -hmm. and private voice lessons going on. Right. And there's just not. Um, so we really need to get that renovation done, and then we are going to go full steam ahead with youth programs. I'll let Gavin talk about all of those exciting things in an upcoming Gavin episode. Spill the tea. But I don't think we'll we will never stop doing um, you know our big splashy productions because yeah. that's the other thing I think we do really well here. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would put several of our shows up against any show anywhere that has a 10 time bigger budget, mm -hmm. but people who see the shows here at the temple, first of all, there's not a bad seat in the house. Nope. And we put on a pretty glitzy, splashy musical yeah. for a limited amount of funding. Yep. Um, now that comes from assembling such a great staff because there's a lot of sweat equity that goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think we'll ever discontinue that. But I think our real focus moving forward is going to be bringing in even more young people mm -hmm. and maybe on a, uh, a more steady basis and I think that's really exciting yeah I think that's where our future is anyway yeah um, as as the face of theater changes as the community changes you know um, I still think we have a, a lot of work to do in in our diversity and our equity and we're working on that every day um, so to be able to involve the this entire community and beyond into even deeper into the region mm -hmm for our young people, I think it's the way we're going to go and adults. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you guys missed that. We're just going to go back because I think she jumped ahead a little bit, but uh, Peggy just built a huge piece of tea and that is that we're doing an entire renovation yes. on our black box, <laughs> which can we get an amen from the church choir, please? Um, so let's talk about that a little bit um, and why that is such a huge deal. I know that one of the things um, as I'm, you know, kind of sending out information um, to people, by the way, if you are not already subscribed, subscribe to our newsletter list, you are missing out because we send out information every single week about what's going on at the temple. Of course, here on the podcast where you guys are getting even more in depth sure. um, than those that read our newsletter. But if, if you haven't subscribed, just head over to www.templeshows.org and at the bottom you'll see email list and just click that, put in your information. That way you can get the information. But we are doing an entire renovation on our education building because we are out of space, which is right. a great problem. <laughs> it is a great it's problem. It's a great problem for an organization. We just have to solve it. <laughs> it's just a and problem. We have to raise the money to solve it. Right. But and we'll so do for those of you that are listening that may be interested, I mean, maybe this is the first time that you're hearing about the black box. So let's give a little history on the black box. Sure. And then let's talk about how people can get involved helping us make it happen. Well, when I got here, they were renting this building with that we now call the education building. Mm -hmm. Um but it's where the concessions were housed. Mm -hmm. And the Temple Theater only had two very small bathrooms. I remember They that. had a stall and a urinal for the men, <laughs> and they had two stalls for the women. Right. So when I got here, if it was a big crowded show, intermissions sometimes would have to be almost a half an hour right. just to get everybody filtered in and out. 
and you can't sustain that. Yeah. Nobody wants to wait half an hour to go to the bathroom and nobody wants to sit in the house for half an hour while they're waiting for everybody else to go to the bathroom. And you had to go outside to get concessions. Um, so pretty shortly after I moved here, I realized that we had to buy this building. Mm -hmm. um, we incurred the debt for it, which is the only debt we've had, uh, which is our mortgage on this building. And we started out with a huge restaurant. Um, so with the flush fund. I remember that. And flush I had my fund. big motto that I said for four years <laughs> the more you give, the faster you go, which I thought was. I touchy. remember that. That sounded, I was like, oh my gosh, deja vu. <laughs> well, I said it every show, every show. for four years. Yeah. Um, so we did this great restroom renovation. We knocked through the wall of the theater into this adjoining building. Mm -hmm. We now have a beautiful concession area. It's a great place for opening nights. Mm -hmm. And then the other half of the building, we were using as a second stage. Well, I had big highfalutin ideas moving here from New York about what kind of theater we were going to do in San Francisco. Yep. <laughs> and I was wrong. Uh, so take off. Uh, we didn't have the audience for it. Um, there's still a stigma attached to Sanford as being like out in the middle of nowhere. Right. That's changing now. But 15 years ago, people were like, oh, I'm not going to go down all the way to all Sanford. the way to Sanford yep, uh, from Raleigh. I was like, it takes about 35, right. 45 minutes. And it's a beautiful drive. So we are going to renovate this building and we had to buy it. So now that we own it upstairs, we have our costume shop. We have costume storage. We have our education office which also is a music studio. And then we have our rehearsal hall mm -hmm. that is mirrored, but there's still not enough space. Right. Um, so where the black box was is going to be three huge, uh, two huge rehearsal halls. The front section to the windows on the street will also be our VIP lounge. I'm so excited about so that. So season ticket holders and VIP donors will have their and I think I have to make the the VIP special the Peggy Punch because if you've never, <laughs> if you don't know what the Peggy Punch is, you have to come to You're church basement. You're gonna have to wait, exactly. But I think that needs to be. I'm just throwing ideas out here while I got you. But we have right. to have the VIP special. I think it has be. a pig, has a Peggy punch. has a Peggy Punch. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a grand <laughs> idea. But the VIPs get their own entrance. Which the is VIPs incredible. get their own entrance. Um, but during the day, and during non show times that will also be, that will be our main dance classroom mm -hmm. it's going to have uh real wood floors that are you know 10 layers of polyurethane so that you can really dance on it then the next studio back will be another almost the size of the stage studio mm -hmm. that will be a major rehearsal dance studio mm -hmm. and then in the very back of the building we will have a small rehearsal room with the piano in it for mm -hmm. either piano lessons or voice lessons or guitar lessons. Um, it'll be another small studio for doing something like this, perhaps. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, recording studio. So we have big plans and we're kicking off this campaign, as you said, on March 15th. And there are naming rights available. Mm -hmm. You can name the whole education building. Right. We have someone who's naming a dressing room. Yeah. All these naming rights, which is wonderful. Which would be exciting and help, and help us secure the funds. Because mm -hmm. really we are, we're calling this campaign Funding Our Future. And we really are funding our future. Because again, it's all about the young people and how to best serve this community. And I think this additional dedicated space mm -hmm. for classroom space and a VIP lounge really serves 
both needs of the theater. Oh, absolutely. And moving forward as we expand and grow, who knows, we might need another building downtown. Yeah. One of the things um, Gavin and I have been doing this week is we are still getting calls from people wanting to enroll, enroll in an academy. And I mean, right now we're sitting at the largest acting class. I mean, you being an acting teacher, <laughs> yes. uh, Peggy drinks, Peggy punch on acting. Yes, no, I'm kidding. Um, but it, it's one of our largest acting classes. And we're, we're currently telling people, we're sorry, there's not enough space because part of the thing is we, we believe in quality education. You know, if a class gets too large. It just, you can't. You, you can't do it. Well, like you mentioned earlier, we're also not just teaching acting. Right. We're teaching life skills. Mm -hmm. And once you get past your tipping point, the kids aren't getting enough individual attention right. to really get enough individual attention. And these days, more than ever, I think that's one thing that we need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there needs to be a lot more one-on-one -on -one and check-in and with each other as well as with somebody who's older, um, right. either a teacher or a mentor or whatever figure you want to call that. Um, so we are at this point, we are limited in what we can do mm -hmm. because of space. And I really want to take away those limitations and then the sky's the limit. Hey everybody. If you have made it this far, we are so grateful that you're here. Thanks for hanging in there through the technical difficulties. I wanted to pause for a moment because this next part that we're jumping into, that last clip kind of cut out there and I'd asked Peggy a question. So I wanted to make sure that you guys were fully caught up, but I hope you guys are just as excited about this education building renovation as we are. But the question that I asked Peggy was, moving forward, we're looking ahead, right? We're looking towards funding our future. If people want to get involved, because you guys are so supportive and you always jump in whenever we need you. If people want to jump in and help, how can they do that? So this is her response. Thanks again for sticking in there and we hope you enjoy the rest of the content. They can go and donate on the website, which you mentioned was templeshows.org and just earmark it for the uh, education building, funding our future campaign. Mm -hmm. They can send us a check in the mail with the same indication, funding our future campaign. They can look at our list, uh, which will be on the website uh, at the season reveal on mm -hmm. um, what the actual levels of opportunity are. I'd be happy to have a lunch with somebody or a dinner or Peggy Punch. Yeah, Peggy Punch. <laughs> and, hey. and give people a tour because people also don't realize how much we do. Yeah. And where we do it and how we do it. Um, and then once I show people, this is the costume area, this is the rehearsal hall, this is our warehouse, mm -hmm. this is where we house the actors. They don't realize how much work goes on behind the scenes um, right. with our mighty staff of eight people. I was going to say, I, I think people <laughs> think there are about 40 of us because, no, it's just us eight. It's just, it's just us eight. eight. It's all eight of us. And we, we wear just, about 37 hats a piece. Exactly. Other duties at yes. the time. There's a big asterisk <laughs> uh, when you get hired. But I think it's... Well, and this will also give us the opportunity yes. to give more local creative artists and teaching artists um, the opportunity to be employed. Right. We have a... we've worked with a lot of very talented local people but with this expansion and with the way the temple is headed i think we'll be able to afford that and give people that for new york is not an option for them right. um or chicago or whatever they want to be here um i want to be here there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. the opportunity to earn a little money yeah um and do what they love and share the skills that they have learned uh so that's exciting for me too 
yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, so be looking for details. I, that will be a perfect segue for us. So March 15th, March 15th, we're going to start talking about this incredible season reveal. If you're looking for spoilers, mm, it's not that kind of thesis. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the season reveal, because I think people don't really realize if you've never been to a season reveal, it's a whole event. It's a whole thing. We have, uh, first of all, everything will be decorated. It will be self-catered this year, mm -hmm. unless we uh, have some great catering company out there who's willing to donate hey, food. Hey, I've been working on my charcuterie Excellent. skills, so we're going to have Yeah, some... we've gotten pretty good at it. Actually. <laughs> we've gotten really good. Again, the eight of us. Just give us a task. <laughs> we will get her done. Uh, but, so there will be food. There will be beverages, adult and non um, the temple teens are going to be performing. Mm -hmm. There is a reverse raffle. We have a very limited amount of tickets left. So if you would like, uh, a reverse raffle ticket, the grand prize is a thousand dollars cash. cash but wait, uh, There's that also more. gets you and a guest into the March 15th evening, or you can just buy tickets for $29 a piece. So for your $50 raffle ticket, you have a chance for $1,000 plus a bunch of great prizes leading up to it. It's a reverse raffle. So you don't want your ticket to be picked to the last one, right? which adds a little layer of excitement. Uh, but there are a lot of door prizes and cash prizes along the way. And for only $50, you and a guest gets to come to the show, mm -hmm. which if you buy a ticket will cost you over $60. Right. So it's really a great deal. Um, and again, we will be announcing next season which kicks off with their summer youth programs and then all the great main stage shows that you're going to be seeing throughout the year. And again, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's people who love the temple, who support the temple, mm -hmm. who want to be the first people in right. their group to know what the shows are going to be. Uh, <laughs> I had somebody try to bribe me today uh -huh. at lunch. I Did said, you? nope, you have to come. <laughs> He's like, well, we already have our tickets. Oh, I said, good, I'll good. see you there. I'll see you there. <laughs> Not much longer now. That's funny. Yeah, it's I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We're doing a silent auction, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, there's so also a silent auction. I, I've heard one of the really big prizes is a beach trip. Yes, you can spend a week on fabulous Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Oh, um, places. Yeah, yeah. And so that's one of the big prizes. We have a grill. Yeah. We have uh, North Carolina Hurricanes tickets. Mm -hmm. We have North Carolina Symphony tickets. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot. We have some artwork. Gorgeous art pieces. Gorgeous art Robert pieces. Sarconi, which yes. is a, a big artist in New Jersey. Um, so yeah, you can go to templeshows.org and right there on the homepage, it'll say 2022-2023 season reveal reverse raffle. And you can click right there, get your tickets. It's super easy. And then David from the box office will contact you with your raffle number. So um, if you are a winner, we will be contacting you directly, which is um, incredible. So, I mean, you could win a thousand dollars and you're only buying us 50 bucks. So, right. uh, but even better. For and you, you get food. Oh, incredible food. Right. I mean, and entertainment. And entertainment. The Temple Teens. And you get me as the host. So, <laughs> the host You know, I will say some dumb things throughout <laughs> the evening. <laughs> me too. Um, but that's part of the fun. I mean, it really exactly. is. It's an entire evening that is just full of people who love the Temple, which is such a, it's, it's an, uh, an, uh, what's, what's the word? Uplifting. Uplifting. Uplifting yep. environment to be in because, you know, everyone that's here is supportive and they're just, they're just, buzzing with excitement because it's like, all right, what are you going to do? I, I think people have a bet right now as mm -hmm. to what our season opener is going to be, because that's usually one of 
the most sold out shows of the season, the right. season opener and the season closer. Um, so I mean, that's a good one. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, all right, let's start to wrap up a little bit. So what is going on right now at the Temple Theater? Right now we have Church Basement Ladies 4, A Mighty Ooh. Fortress is our basement. <laughs> and that closes this weekend on Sunday. So if you haven't seen it yet, Again, I love the Church Basement Ladies. It, it, the shows make me laugh. They usually have a touching moment or two, yeah. which this one does. Uh, so that closes on Sunday. We start rehearsals for Always Patsy Klein, which is starring Lisa Dames, mm -hmm. uh, who is a local fabulous Patsy Klein. Uh, she's not an impersonator. Uh, she she pays tribute to Patsy Klein all over the world. She's mm -hmm. played Patsy Klein for us here before. In fact, she's done one of our season mm -hmm. reveals as entertainment as Patsy Klein. So she's playing Patsy Klein. She joins us tomorrow. We're really excited to get to work on and that. And yours truly, I believe. Is so I am the comic relief and basically a little exposition and the narrator. It's based on a true story. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Patsy's relationship with this woman named Louise Seeger in the late 50s, early 60s. They developed a friendship when Patsy came to Houston mm -hmm. and did a concert there. And Louise basically took her under her wing and took care of her. And uh, they became friends until Patsy's untimely demise at the ripe old age of 30, which is hard to believe when she died in a plane crash. But they had a long series of telephone calls mm -hmm. and visits and letters back when people still had pen pals. Mm -hmm. And that's opening March 10th. Correct. So March 10th through March 27th, you can see always Patsy Klein again. Of course, your place for tickets is www.templeshows.org, and everything is right there on the homepage for you to get tickets. But then we're closing our 21-22 season with Frank Sinatra's My Way. You said that so commercially. <laughs> are, are you an actor? Do you do, you exactly. do anything locally? <laughs> um, which is a beautiful tribute to the music yeah. of Frank Sinatra. Again, it's not an impersonation. There are four singers, um, two men and two women, and some of the songs are solos, some are duets, some are dance numbers, some are you know quartets, and it's just a beautiful evening. Again, live band on stage. It's 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 martini sipping time, mm -hmm. and I think that's going to be a beautiful show as well. Our own Gavin Pamer and I did it together several years ago, and just had such a blast. And if you haven't heard Gavin sing Frank Sinatra, you are in for a treat because mm -hmm. that man sings and dances and plays the piano, and uh, Frank Sinatra does real help. Just sounds great. Oh yeah. So I'm excited to work with that on him again. And I think it's a great way to end up the season. You know, we haven't had the attendance that we had hoped. Right. But we had the attendance that we had projected. Yeah. Um, this is still a recovery year. I imagine we'll still be in a recovery year next year. Um, but the audience is coming back. Those that have come back are loving it. For now, I want people just to be comfortable and come on in. And we will entertain you. Take your mind off of whatever's going on in your life or whatever you've already watched for the second time on Netflix <laughs> and come and see something different Yeah, and bring some friends with you and have a great night of it. Yeah. Come and it's, eat in a restaurant, go to a bar, come to the temple. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's always an experience. I mean, if you come to one of the shows, you check in next door, you can go and get a free truffle from, I mean, they're homemade mm, truffles. Mm. They're absolutely it's delicious. Dangerous. It is so dangerous. <laughs> and you know, Tabitha and I have started, charging a chocolate tax. So <laughs> uh, if you go to the chocolate cellar, you
I'm going back for us, but you can also go and get dinner at the Smoke and Barrel, or you can go to La Dolce Vita, which is always incredible. Yeah. And I mean, they're all within walking distance. Cafe 121, Joe's, yeah, Hugger Mugger, everything. Wild Dogs Brewing. Right. And then, got it all. that's what I was going to say. After the show, you either stay for a Peggy Punch, and then you head down the road to one of our breweries and get a secondary Peggy Punch, <laughs> whatever you need to do. But it's always, uh, it's an experience that sure. you have here you, that you can't always get somewhere else. I mean, you can go to numerous theaters and and you know you can have a similar experience but there's nothing like you said the history is so rich here and then our downtown i mean even even just in the last five years mm -hmm. has just absolutely i mean most of the places that we're talking about haven't been here for, for five more years. than five years exactly and so um we just have i think we have something really special and really unique so and the tickets are inexpensive right for, especially the bang for your buck that you're getting right parking is free right and like you said, you can park once and walk around and make a full evening of it. Right. And even our sweet police officers, they will escort you across the road. I mean, That's they don't right. do that at DPAC. They say, sink or swim. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. You know, hope you make it. And give us 25 bucks <laughs> to park. <laughs> exactly. And so, not that we don't love DPAC. We of do. course we do. Um, but this has just been so fun for our first Yay! podcast. We officially I'm have honored. one. Uh, yeah, I know. You're going to be our honorary. <laughs> I, I have to make you like a little plaque or something. That's right. Um, but again thank you guys so much for listening if you would like to connect with us further um you can subscribe to our podcast make sure you guys share it uh, leave us a review we would love to hear um your thoughts on it and and thank you so much peggy for being thanks here. for having me thank you guys for listening make sure you share with your friends and let them know until next time keep that tea piping hot y'all <laughs>